0: Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today on The Shaleen Show. I'm always honored you're here. Really, really, it's a privilege to spend this time with you. Thank you, you guys, for you know reaching out to me on Instagram and on Snapchat and letting me know what episode you love and why you loved it. Do you know that I love it? When on Instagram, you send me a direct message, I can see that you shared to the world, all the people that are following you, you tell them like, listen to this episode and here's what I got from it. I love that. I love it, love it, love it. So thank you. Never stop doing that. I try to share those as often as I can in my own story without you know flooding my feed with that, but it really means a lot to me and I always will respond back, especially love. I know I've said this before, but I especially love when you tell me like, what was your aha moment or what really spoke to you? that just helps me. It fuels me. Today's episode is dedicated to you. It is an episode about self-awareness. I'm going to ask you to dig deep and ask yourself some difficult questions because I want to figure out that the people we love are accepting mediocrity, making excuses, pretending it's okay, and in the process, allowing your dreams to die. And I refuse to let that happen on my watch. When my grandfather, William Melvin, was 14 years old and living in Detroit, he went to work at the factory like a lot of the kids his age did. They dropped out of school. His father was an alcoholic. His mother, I believe, had died very young. And so he being the oldest and responsible for taking care of his family, went to work at age 14 full time. He worked at a factory called Kelsey Hayes. It was a tire factory, and he worked at the McGraw plant. And his very first job, when he was 14, was to clean the electrical motors in this big, large vat of chemicals. And they used a chemical called carbon tetrachloride. And this job was only given to the young kids. Like, it's kind of crazy now to imagine 14-year-olds going to work every day, but, you know, this is after the Depression. So they would give this job to the young kids because the smell was horrible and, you know, they would cough and kind of choke from the fumes. And every few weeks or so, they would kind of rotate the kids into other jobs. They kind of knew it wasn't great, but back then they didn't know exactly how bad it was. Well, he developed emphysema in his 50s. As you can probably imagine, so did every other person who grew up working literally grew up working in that factory he worked in the factory for years and it was a very monotonous very dangerous dirty oily job he worked every single day from 4:30 a.m to 4 p.m at least five often six days per week and i remember my grandpa melvin he would come home and sit at the table with his little black transistor radio and a pap's Blue Ribbon and he would listen to the Tigers on the radio. And that's what he did. Day after day, come home around 4.30, sit down with a paps Blue Ribbon, maybe have three or four by the time he went to bed, and that was his life. My grandmother, Evelou Melvin, also worked in a factory in Detroit. She ran a machine called a slotter, which actually made the steel nuts with a slot at the top. And it was this very high speed, very specific job where you had to place little tiny nuts in a turntable that cut those slots. One hand putting them in and the other hand taking them out. It was also a very dirty, very oily, very monotonous job. But both of them did this. And this particular job was given to usually women because they had hands that were more dexterous, like the men's hands were too big and clumsy to perform this job. And it was a very dangerous job. Many people lost their fingers. So because of it, she was more highly paid. Now my grandmother worked every single day of her life from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And she also did that six days a week. Now she worked those hours so that she could raise my father. On a long car ride, I asked my dad, and, you know, just knowing both my grandparents worked in factories and so many of my dad's friends worked in factories. And when I was first born and we were living in Detroit, my dad was a bike mechanic. And I always wondered what gave him the courage to become an entrepreneur when everyone around him worked in the factory. And he shared with me. That what inspired him to do that was knowing that my grandfather died dreaming of what it would be like to own his own business. My dad remembers at least once a month this discussion coming up between my grandfather and my grandmother about how he wanted to own his own business. He wanted to be his own boss. He wanted that dream. But it was Just too scary of a risk. And my grandmother would be very upset and talk about the stability that they needed. And my dad said that my grandpa also could be talked into doubting that idea. And so, as sad as it is, he died a really horrible, a horrible death. Emphysema is like a slow, drowning, but what's most sad is that he let his dream die too. I'm sorry, these things give me very passionate and that's what the tears are, it's just passion. So I wanna dedicate this episode to my mom and dad who didn't accept mediocracy and they taught their kids not to accept anything less than what they dreamed of having. They taught us it was okay to fail. In fact, they taught us you have to fail. It's got to be uncomfortable. It's got to be painful. But the rewards are limitless. This episode is dedicated to my mom and dad, Margin Bill. But it is truly in honor of my grandparents, William and Evelou, and is dedicated to you because I refuse to allow you to accept anything less than the life that you deserve. When it comes to living your dream life, really feeling like you've reached your potential, I think there's four types of people and maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but here goes. I think there's a type of individual who doesn't even dream. It never even crosses their mind that they could live in a different home or live without debt or be happy in their marriage. Like it just doesn't even enter their realm of reality. They don't even think about it. They don't even dream about it. They just live their life. Then there's a type of individual who dreams about it, but it is so freaking scary that they very quickly talk themselves out of it and they don't take action, but they think about it. They just also believe it's for someone else. It's like those people who live in that nice neighborhood, what must it be like Not, I wonder what it took to get there. It's just like, oh, that's something I could never have, but I wonder what it might be like. Then there's the third type of individual who they dream, they take action, and then they sabotage themselves. They're quitters. They talk themselves out of things. They overthink things. They listen to excuses and self-doubt, but they do take action and to some extent, they often can enjoy some of their dreams, but not all of them. And then the fourth type of individual is the dreamer who takes action. These are the movers and shakers and action takers. They are unafraid of making a mistake. Failure is not a part of their vocabulary. They might talk about failure in retrospect, but they just try and try and try and they try different things and they've got lots of ideas and they don't expect any of them to work the first time but they just keep trying and experimenting and growing and pushing themselves. And they just get very excited about being better, doing more, accomplishing what it is they set out to do. They give themselves permission to dream and to fail because there is no success without failure. There just isn't. Okay, can I just say that again? There is no success without failure. Who told you that you were supposed to do it perfectly or don't bother. Nothing is going to get better. Nothing is truly going to reach its potential unless it doesn't work as well as it could and you're constantly improving it. Nothing is going to be its best on its first attempt, on its first go through, on your first trial. It and you only get better by correcting course. Okay, now sit up straight, stand up tall, wherever you're listening to this right now. I just, I want you to stop whatever you're doing, like put everything down, And please give me your undivided attention because I need to ask you a very important question. Are you accepting less than what you want, less than what you deserve, less than what is your potential? Are you accepting mediocrity? So what does that mean, though? I mean, I guess you can't answer yes or no unless you have some idea of what it means to accept mediocrity or to accept the status quo. Okay, so let me try to explain. It's a thought process. It's the way you are interpreting your current situation. It's accepting a situation and almost rationalizing it and sometimes even making excuses for it. Now, you might also feel successful. Like every day, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're doing your work. You're getting things done. You feel pretty accomplished. You're counting your blessings. You're like, look, our kids are not on drugs and we're almost able to pay off our debt. Like kind of like my job and you know I'm 20 pounds heavier than I want to be but like you know so are a lot of my friends so it's not that bad yeah I mean I wish I had a better kept more organized house but you know I mean let's face it it's just the season that we're in of course I, I wish that we were making more money but you know I mean no one else in our family is so I can't complain Yeah, I wish my husband would help out a little bit with the kids. But, you know, I mean, my own dad didn't do that. And, yeah, I'd love to go to the gym, but work is so crazy right now. It's just how it is. So, And all my friends and all my coworkers, you know, they're kind of in the same situation. None of them are exercising anymore either. And, yeah, our dogs are out of control, and people can't come to our house because they're so crazy and oh you know and the kids oh i don't have any control over these teenagers but like i guess this is just how teens are every single one of those statements is accepting status quo we either accept the hand that we've been dealt we either accept our current situation or we freaking do something about it and stop making excuses Uh oh i can tell this is going to be one of those tough love type of moments with you i can't help it i love you And it really does drive me crazy because, frankly, absolutely every area of your life should look the way you want it to look. But not just because you dream it, it only becomes your reality if you try and keep trying and keep trying and keep taking action. Not because you've dreamed it, you literally have to keep taking action. Not once, not twice, not five times, you just keep Going. You need to be unrelentless. If this is what you want, it is what you deserve. It's what God put in your heart. And you can find a way to make it happen, make it your reality. Or you can accept the status quo. You can accept mediocrity. You've heard me talk many times in the past on the show about two of my programs that create transformative experiences for people. The first is the 131 method. It changes people's lives. It changes their health, it changes their weight, it changes the legacy in their family of health and what it means to be a healthy individual. And then there's also the Marketing Impact Academy, which is an online program that teaches people how to get out of debt, how to create extra income. And both of these programs, it's crazy, even though they might sound so totally different, I can hear in people's questions if they are people who accept mediocrity, if they are people who will, things will never change because I can hear the excuses. They don't have that burning desire, that why, which just drives you to figure it out, to make the changes. Because here's the deal. I'm going to shoot straight with you right now. If someone else has done it, improved their marriage, gotten out of debt, paid off their credit cards got their kids through school without them getting pregnant and ending up on drugs, if somebody else has done these things, if someone else has lost 100 pounds, why can't you? Why can't you do that? Why are you accepting anything less than what you want? I know you've tried, but keep trying. There is no success without failure after failure after failure, and you just keep falling down, and you brush yourself up, and you never take your eyes off the prize. When you fall down, you don't stop to look at the scars on your knees and talk endlessly about how you can't get back up because your knees are bloodied. No. Well, maybe you do. But not if you are hell-bent on getting what it is you want out of life, out of reaching your potential, out of not accepting mediocrity. If you're regularly talking to people about the stress in your life, how difficult it is because you're in debt. If you're constantly talking about your challenges, I've got a newsflash for you. You are indeed focused on them and that's all you're going to experience in your life. Because if you're not focused on your finish, if you're not focused on what it is you want, you are in fact, whether you realize it or not, giving more energy to all the negative that's happening in your life. And I can't help but wonder if you are truly aware of how you might be limiting your own potential. One of the ways you'll know if this is you is if in your head, you think to yourself, when you see something someone else has done, I I could do that. I could totally do that. But then simultaneously, there's also a little voice in your head that goes, yeah, but it's a lot of work. And not right now because the kids are little and, you know, we've got this debt and I could totally do that, but I just, I don't have the financial backing right now. This is you. If you have the false belief that growth is supposed to be easy and comfortable, OMG. Okay. Can I go off for just a second? (sighs) This is such a pet peeve right now. By the way, the Marketing Impact Academy, you've heard me talk about before. And I'm not trying to sell it. I just, I want to give you this analogy, okay? So let's just say going back to school. We don't even have to talk about the marketing impact campaign? Let's talk about going back to school or furthering your education or investing in a mentor or a business coach or getting better skills so you get a promotion at work, right? This week, I can't tell you how many hundreds of people I've heard from who will say to me, I have been looking at Marketing Impact Academy. You've been talking about it for five years. I've seen the testimonials. I've watched these people who've changed their lives and gone from being broke to six and seven figure. I've watched these stories. I follow these people. I know it's true. I know it'll work. And when I can afford to do it, I'm going to do it too. I'm like, yo, who do you think signs up for a course that teaches you how to make money? Other than people who are in a pretty tough financial position, like 99.9% of the people who are finally taking that courageous step to invest in a teacher, a mentor, an academy, they're doing so because they need to change their situation. Whether it's an investment of time or an investment of money or an investment of emotion or all three of those things, it takes an investment to create change to transform ourselves, to live the life of our dreams. And I'm speaking from a place of experience because as I've shared with you before, there was a time when Brett and I were almost a half, 460000 to be exact, $460,000 in debt. And it was then when I realized I have no choice. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not figuring this out on my own. Scared money don't make money. We've got to invest. And it's going to hold me accountable to get this right. But it just drives me crazy that people don't understand that growth is uncomfortable. I used to see this all the time when I was a personal trainer many years ago. I would get calls from women who were interested in my services and they would say, yeah, I really, really want to train with you. I just got a gym membership. I'm going to get myself in shape. And then I'm going to, uh, I can't wait to get myself in shape so I can come and train with you. And maybe you've done this, you know, you've thought about something you wanted to do that's going to really help you, but you feel like you have to do that work first before you go and get the help. No, you get the help. You do the research. You invest in a coach, in a mentor, in a program, in an education. You invest in knowledge. That's how we get better. We get better by putting ourselves in positions that are uncomfortable because when we're uncomfortable, we have to move. Challenging situations are what make us better. Challenging people who inspire us and keep us accountable make us better. You may be accepting mediocrity by intentionally surrounding yourself with people who make you feel very comfortable about that which is the status quo. And you're careful not to spend time or not to run in circles with people who inspire you and motivate and challenge you to be better, to step up, to level up, not to compete with, but to expect and to believe that more is possible for you. Why not you? Why can't you live in that house? Why can't you have that marriage? Why not you? All of those things, whatever it is that you want, it is all possible. But you've got to stop accepting your own excuses. If you wanna change your life, you've got to get very uncomfortable with how comfortable you are right now with your current situation. You have to know that you've got to be in a position that's really challenging for transformation to happen. Transformation does not happen within our comfort zone. It is you standing with your toes on the edge of a very high diving board or the edge of a cliff. And the longer you stand there, the more fear builds up and the more likely you are to back down. But when you jump and fear is at its highest and there's a pit in the bottom of your stomach, you'll splash into the water and realize that was freaking amazing. And what will happen? You'll rush up to the top and you'll do it again faster and better and you'll enjoy the process, but it's never easy at first. In order to make a change, in order to level up your life, You've got to stop accepting that which is not okay with you. Stop making it okay. Stop pretending it's okay that you've lost control. Stop pretending that it's fine that your children are living in an environment that's toxic and dangerous. It's time to stop justifying the thing that you're doing every day that you're not exactly proud of, but you're justifying it because nobody knows or your friends do it too, or it's okay because. Your parents said, if it's less than your best, then stop making excuses and start trying and trying again and don't give up. If you want this, if you truly want this, you've got to believe that you deserve it and you have to fight for it like you would fight for your life, like you would fight for the lives of the people that you love. You just don't give up. You just keep failing because each time you fail, your next attempt is a little better and that's called the journey to success. That's how you get out of debt. That's how you start making money. That's how you get back in shape. That's how you improve your relationship. That's how you get a better marriage. You stop accepting that which you've just been brushing under the rug and saying, well, maybe it's not that bad. No, it is bad. If you're the role model, you're teaching them what's acceptable. You're teaching them that it's acceptable not to know how to feed your family, that it's acceptable to have your children disrespect you. And just as in the story I shared with you in the beginning of this podcast of my father and my grandfather, it only takes one person to change what it is that we accept as normal. So much of what we believe is possible has been role modeled to us, whether we realize it or not subconsciously, what our parents did, what our friends do, what the people around us do, we tend to normalize those things and accept them but it only takes one person, just one. And maybe you've had this happen where a single person in your circle of influence decides to make a courageous change and it has an impact on everybody in the circle. You can be that person. You can be that person for your family. You can be that person for your marriage. You can be that person at your workplace. You can be that person for you but it takes a moment of self-awareness. It really means you've got to look in the mirror and say, is this okay? Is this enough? Or do I dream of having more? Because if the answer is yes, you've got to be okay. You've got to be real comfortable with getting uncomfortable. I believe wholeheartedly that each and every one of us are capable of greatness. And you'll believe it too, but it's going to require action. So don't wait for the belief to happen. Just start taking scary action and expect that you're going to fail and expect that every time you get back in the saddle, things are going to be a little smoother. Because you, my friend, have divine purpose and you have the power to live your dreams. You are thebomb.com. I love you so much. I believe in you. I honor you. And I so appreciate the time that we get to spend together. And by the way, we shouldn't just be talking twice a week you really should be chatting it up with me on Instagram and or Snapchat. Hit me up in those DMs, send me a message. Let me know you listen to the show because you know I'm very, very partial to podcast listeners. We are much cooler than everybody else, but you knew that.